sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. Uh, COVID edition. This week, we are doing... Wait, wait. Did you forget your name? No, I said my name. COVID edition. That's, that's oh, my name well, now. Did you forget the chance to let me introduce myself? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's... Uh, used to be John Elliott, but I guess he changed his name, and this is Patrick Riccardi. This week, we're doing... The Dick Van Dyke Show versus Everybody Loves Raymond. Dick Van Dyke Show, Season 5, Episode 1. It's on it's also, Amazon with commercials. Also, it's on, uh, I found out after I forced you to watch it on Amazon with commercials, it's on YouTube without commercials. Well, I guess it depends on your level of YouTube uh, subscription. But anyway, it's not black and white. It's a colorized edition. I guess CBS a couple of years ago what? put them on colorized. Put, could have put a couple episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show on TV colorized. So this episode, because Big Mouth was, was on there. I guess, I don't know. But it's funny. So, yeah. Uh, and it's also kind of a Fred Willard, Carl Reiner yeah. memorial edition. That's why I picked the two episodes, or well, the one episode I picked. Yeah, I picked the uh, I picked the Raymond episode just based on the description. Um, and because and you wanted to do a Fred Willard. Yeah. So this, one, this episode of Dick Van Dyke uh, from 1965... Final season of the show. Could have ran five more years, but they decided to end on top. And, uh, yeah, you want to give a little synopsis? Uh, Dick Van Dyke is a writer for the Alan Brady show. His wife is on a game show that she got tickets for from him. Uh, She gets called up to be on the show, and the game show host tricks her into revealing that Alan Brady wears a toupee, and the rest of the episode is the upheaval over that. The fallout, yeah. fallout. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll take care of it. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not as huge a fan of the show as you are. I think for its time, it's good, but like by modern standards, it's, it's, you're still insane. Cause I laughed throughout the episode. I think most people would. It's funny, funny, eh. funny. Carl See, Reiner is an excellent comedic actor and he's I really funny in this episode. Carl Reiner was, was, uh. The only time I I laughed was at him. Oh, I laughed at uh, Mary Tyler Moore's attempts to apologize and how the half cry came out was funny. And I laughed at, uh, I think Maury Amsterdam did something stupid that was not especially funny, but I still laughed. No, Maury Amsterdam and Rosemary are the weaklings on that show. They're the old vaudeville Mm -hmm. style. Um, So, yeah, they're always kind of dopey. But... uh, yeah, no, Carl Reiner. I forgot about Mel. Yeah, yeah and the his, way he abuses Mel is great. Yeah, I love it. Shut up, Mel. <laughs> yep. He answers the phone, "Hello," and he's like, "Shut up, Mel." <laughs> and then he tells him to speak up, and then tells him to shut up. Yeah, I thought Carl Reiner was hilarious on it. Um, Mary Tyler Moore, maybe just because I'm, I've seen all the Dick Van Dyke shows. Like, that's just her her shtick on there. It didn't. It wasn't as funny to me watching now um with her (laughs) yeah it's funny but it is it is a different 
a totally different role than she played on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've done, we've done that show. We love Mary Tyler Moore here. Yeah. IP. Another oh, COVID I, death. I forgot she died. Yeah. Don't, don't think it was a COVID death, but you want to say that? Dick Van Dyke has not died. Surprisingly. I know. He's in his nineties. I imagine. And he hates Trump. Does he? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's a Bernie backer. He was a Bernie backer. I guess he's a Biden backer now. Uh, yeah, I know. I know you, this is like one of your favorites for me. It's, it's still a little, a little old fashioned for the time. It was like ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's not old fashioned. I think you just don't like a lot of the stuff they do in it. I think, I think it holds up really well. I think the humor is, is this is a, a especially broad episode. So it's not a, a, a perfect example of that kind of thing, but I think the humor humor holds up. Well, I think the, I think the plots hold up, the plot holds up, um, but I, that's where I think the humor is is a little, meh. Except for Carl Reiner, like I said, it it could be a modern. I mean, you could do this on a modern sitcom still. This story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the scenes with Carl Reiner are the where most of the humor comes from. Everything yeah. With Carl, it's just, I mean, that scene with him and Mary Tyler Moore is just like legendarily funny. I, I imagine it's like, I don't know how famous it is, but it seems like, I think I won an Emmy. So I guess it's legendarily funny. Just their interaction and all the way through. And then the surprise turn where he forgives her. And then what does she say? And you're happy about it. And she's like, he's like, that's not enough to forgive them. You have to be happy about what they did. <laughs> so stupid, but funny. And he's talking to his wigs. Yep, the whole conversation with the wigs is is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I don't. I'm not saying I hate it or it's bad or anything. It's just. Uh, it's great. That's what you're saying. I agree. Okay, if you say so. Um, I can't believe they did colorized versions. That's so weird. Like that's such an '80s thing. Well, yeah, I think it came back a little while in the the last few years because the technology has gotten better. So it doesn't look as awful as it did in the eighties. Yeah. Like so that. When you watch, ahead, what's his name? That, uh, dumb, dumb Lord of the Rings director. He did that like world war one footage and colorize it all that movie. Oh, I didn't know about that. Peter Jackson. Yeah. Why is he dumb, dumb? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't care for his stuff. I don't know any of his stuff. I didn't really care for Lord of the Rings, but, People loved it. Didn't he? I didn't care. Meet the Feebles. That was his, is that his first famous movie? Meet the Feebles. I don't know. Got his fame. I think he. I think he did some like horror movie before that. That oh, Meet the Feebles. I've never seen Meet the Feebles. I thought that was a horror movie. It it basically is. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. He did do that movie, but by the way. Um. Yeah, well, I I've read recently. Think you want since you want to talk about Peter Jackson is that he tried to do The Hobbit, which is this cute little young adult novel that was fun and I loved as a kid, and it could easily have been one movie that was not even ninety minutes, and the studio forced him to turn it into a trilogy. Which yeah, is, at the time I would have thought he'd have more power than that, but I guess he didn't. Go ahead. No, well, they already did the animated Hobbit, which was like ninety minutes. Yeah, that's all you need for Way that to story. Hell back, yeah. And it's animated. The perfect format for a kid's story. Yeah, I, I mean, I had no desire to watch those Hobbit movies. Did you see any of them? I saw the first one. And I think the... 
I think I had oh I had friends I used to go to those kind of movies with, and for whatever reason they went to see it and I didn't go and I was like oh I missed it and I never took the time to see it again. Yeah, well I heard they were pretty terrible. Like the pacing was glacial as you would expect turning something like that into three movies. Well, no, I mean, are you talking about the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings? The Hobbit. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, I those I didn't have any desire to see. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. They're not. They're not that good. Um. Yeah, the desolation of Smaug. That's no way to title your film. Um, but Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. So what I don't know is how did where did Dick Van Dyke come from? What got him famous? This show. Was it this show initial? But was he like I a comedian he, or something before that? I'm gonna look I it up right now. Stage actor. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, radio and Broadway. And then this was his first this. big break. I guess he pr- probably was, I'm seeing now that he was on little shows, but this was what, you know, rock, his rocket ship to fame was the Dick Van Dyke show. And it's funny that he had a show named after him when he wasn't that famous. I was going to say, that's, yeah, that's why it was, I was like, where the hell did he come from? Because he did, like, his big movies, Bye Bye Birdie, Mary Poppins, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang were all either, well, well we're all after the Dick Van Dyke show started. Some well, of them were Bye Bye Birdie, he was on, he's, he, I think, did I don't know the if he stage. Was... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, he was also in uh, Dick Tracy and Curious George. <laughs> that seems like the, those, those roles might have been later. Eh, who can say? Time is a flat circle. Um, but the, the, the origin of the Dick Van Dyke show is that Carl Reiner had wanted to do a sitcom that was like about his life working on with Sid Caesar and his, his series of different variety shows. And he originally created something, I think it was like master of the house or something like that, where he starred in the, well, as himself in the, in the Rob Petrie role. And it was much more, I've seen it. They should, when I was a kid, I watched it. They showed it on like TV land and it, it was much less groundbreaking than Dick Van Dyke show. Like even the set itself seemed like something from leave it to beaver or one of those other fifties, 50s uh, sitcoms where it was not as interesting as that that weirdo house that the Dick Van Dyke show has with that open floor plan. Oh yeah, it's yeah. more like you walk in and there's that foyer and then you see the rest of the house. This one is just one big house. Head of the family. That was the name of it. Oh, that, what did I say? I don't know. I was okay. close to that. Um. Yeah, it's. I mean, that is weird that he he like made it about another character I think that, basically i think there was a note that he was too ethnic for the role carl reiner yeah <laughs> ethnic being jewish jesus i mean it's not like he's like walking around saying spilkus and stuff I, I don't i i guess it was a different time it was a different time um yeah i guess the the pilot did not do well i don't yeah i guess it was just Whatever reason, I, that's the reason I remember them saying. But maybe there are other reasons that it didn't it didn't hit. But whenever he talked about his career, he always talked about Dick Van Dyke show being the one he was most proud of. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, and that is pretty funny to do it based on his own career and like basing these characters on real people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how real the like the Maury Amsterdam and well, I guess the the Rosemary is based on that. What's her name? Selma Diamond. Sure. Because she was a writer on, on one of those variety shows. She played the 
Bellif on Night Court. Oh, no shit. She was a writer back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of, uh, what's her name? Imogene Coco? Was that was she a writer or just like a comedian? She was, she was the, yeah, she was the female actress. Yeah, I don't know why I thought she was a writer um, back in the day. But, I mean, he doesn't paint a very flattering portrait of uh, Sid Caesar. Well, Sid Caesar didn't paint a very flattering portrait of himself. Oh, <laughs> I like don't, a, yeah, I don't know much about him. During the making of that show, he was like a... He was a hard ass, a big time alcoholic, hollering at everyone. If you saw your show of shows from the '80s, where, where uh, I forget his name, Peter Bologna or something, plays the plays the Sid Caesar role, and it's the same sort of deal where he just yells at everybody and just yeah. Wait, what the hell was that? Was it like a TV movie or something? No, it was a, a Peter O'Toole played a a uh, like a, a drunken. Oh, English... that was oh yeah, uh, my favorite year. Oh, what I what did I say? Your show, your show shows? shows. Yeah, yeah, that's the name of the actual show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, know my that favorite that, year. I didn't know that was based on him either. Maybe I knew at the time. It's been so long since I've seen it. Oh, interesting. Well, and I, guess, I guess he you, plays him a little better than real life than on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a it's a a warmer version. I don't know. Maybe he was warmish as well, but he was definitely. When I read his autobiography a long time ago, Sid Caesar, and he was uh, like a cleaned up alcoholic when he wrote that book, and he was definitely reflect on it in in uh, harsh ways on himself. Oh, he did admit to his uh, assholishness, mm-hmm. right? Right, because it was the booze. Oh well, I mean, that's cool. At least he, at least he yeah. acknowledged it, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I. I know what you're saying, but I don't know that like uh, that these Gen Zs would appreciate the show that much. All, they, all we have to do is what make them watch the colorized version, and then they're that's laughing. True. That's true. Yeah. That's, their, that's everybody's big uh, hang-up is they don't like black and white because it makes them makes them feel old. Yeah. Just throw some CGI in there too. Interesting thing is this show is – I mean it's – I, you don't like it as much as I do, but most people think of it as a classic, and they're producing 32 episodes a season. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, like I said, for the time especially, it was great, especially when you think of the abysmal sitcoms of the 60s that were... Yeah, and it, it broke it broke ground when it was... Most of those sitcoms are family sitcoms. This was the first workplace sitcom, so that was a, a brand new thing. And then they always talk about... Carl Reiner always talk about the, every... Every comedy writer who he talked to in the like 80s and 90s, they would say to him, I wanted to be a comedy writer after I saw your show because I didn't know writers wrote what the comedians said. I thought the comedians came up with it themselves. So there's like <laughs> entire writing staffs on like early Simpsons, Cheers, all the, you know, all those early shows were all all people who cut their teeth as kids watching the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, so well, it's I'm interesting. sure Larry Sanders show too. Mm-hmm. Seems like it was obviously influenced. Um, yeah, no, and I can I can totally see that. Like I said, there was it was also the era of fucking Gomer Pyle and Beverly Hillbillies and all that awful stuff. So, an um, interesting tidbit about well, interesting to me, and I always like this fact is the Dick Van Dyke Show was produced by Seldon Leonard, who also produced the Danny Thomas Show, which was popular at the time. And I've never watched that. I've seen episodes like they used to show them back in the 80s i think you know 
And I, but I, from what, what I understand, that's more of a family sitcom where he happens to be a comedian. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's not worth watching. I think from that era, like even even I Love Lucy, which which predated this, was uh, a little broad um, for my tastes, and uh, but also predating the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, and then I think was also ran partly concurrent with it was Leave It to Beaver, which I always did like, um, which I don't think would hold up. Really, you do, I think Eddie Haskell would ho- totally hold up. Oh, that's true. He was a jerk. Um, I mean the whole, the whole fifties like family style stuff that probably doesn't hold what? up that well. But Beaver was but... also pretty dumb. Like he was always doing dumbass shit. Like I remember an episode where this <laughs> Spanish kid moved in across the street or a Mexican kid, sorry. And, and, um, Eddie Haskell taught him some beaver, some Spanish to say to him, but he taught him to say, you have the face of a pig. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So maybe it does. hold up. Yeah. I think it might hold up. So Um, that was 57 to 63 that that ran. So yeah, right. It, it ended while Dick Van Dyke was going. But, but it makes me wonder when I, I, I love Lucy. I always think of as much, further back but maybe that was like 52 or something yeah it was definitely uh, 50, 51 to 57 was i love lucy okay and then followed almost immediately by the lucy show and there's all those other variations all her other before. terrible shows yeah that yeah. went into the 60s I think. well i think it went into the 70s even it might have yeah i don't know there were so many different ones here's lucy yep um, and then i the funny thing is that the i love lucy which was probably the best and uh had the my favorite part of I Love Lucy is William Frawley who played the like, oh yeah the, the friend of the family and that was one of her problems with the show she couldn't she couldn't she didn't get along with him but also she wanted the that dude I can't remember his name he was a principal in the uh, the Eve Arden show but um she wanted him and he was doing other work so once the, the other shows came back that's when he came on and not nearly as good as William Frawley didn't have the edge oh yeah. But everybody hated William Frawley. Like Vivian Vance hated William Frawley. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess he was probably not too far off from his character. But I didn't get to my tidbit that Sheldon Leonard produced this, produced Danny Thomas show. He also produced um, a bunch of other stuff. But more interesting is you know him from It's a Wonderful Life. He plays the bartender that kicks out Jimmy Stewart. So that's my tidbit. Oh, never seen that. You've never seen It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, I don't think so. I might have seen it. It's a very famous movie. Before I died and an angel brought me back and changed my life, but who can remember? That's funny because that's very similar to the plot. Huh? Um, You want to take a break and go into uh, Everybody Loves Raymond? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. Right back to the start, it's gonna take some 
are back uh, with Everybody Loves Raymond, Season 7, Episode 17. And I picked this one just because of the description, because it was... Um, oh my god, I don't remember her name. Uh, Robert's, Robert's fiance, her family... Amy. Meet, Amy, yes. Amy's family meets uh, Ray's family, or Robert's family, really. Um, and I don't know, I think we've talked about it before... I think this show gets like a lot of shit, but it's a good show. Oh yeah, it's funny. It is. It it's actually funny. Yeah. Good performances from the, even Raymond, who's in this kind of show is usually the weakest link, and we've seen in subsequent years that he's actually a pretty good actor. Ray yeah. Romano. No. And, uh, but yeah, this really is a good. funny show. And and, and uh, um, dude, my fucking brain. Uh, oh, Peter Boyle. Is, Peter Boyle, yeah. He's, he's the one, he's the Carl Reiner of this one to me, because he, yeah. he cracks me up with everything he says. Um, yep. Unfortunately, Fred Willard, the role he's forced to play is not, like, high comedy. But No, but I thought that was interesting, because that's not usually how you see Fred Willard, so understated and yeah, is just calm. It's really, oh, <laughs> I had no idea that's what, I have, I think I've maybe watched a bunch of Everybody Loves Dream, but I definitely didn't watch it every night. It was, I think at this time I didn't have a TV when this was really popular. But, you know, like you say, it's, it's, it was popular at the time. And I, I think it gets, I think it gets crapped on just because it was popular, but it was actually good. It wasn't unlike, um, what's that show? The world according to Jim, which ran forever. And I've tried oh. watching that and it's not good. Wait, this, that it, this, Jim Belushi show. Yeah. It's, no, not it's good. fucking awful, dude. But it ran forever. It yeah. ran forever, no, well, but there it were is good. A bunch of shows like that coach and wings and they, none of them were any good. I think Wings was okay. Yeah. It had a good cast. If you're going to say Tony Schlub's not a good actor, I'm going to say good day, sir. Tony Schlub's fine. It, that wasn't his best. That's where he started. Project, I guess. Um, Every good actor, everything they were they were ever in is good. I don't oh, know if is that how it works? That study. Um. Yeah, I know Robert De Niro. Man, those Meet the Fokker movies. Top notch. Oscar winners. Um, yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's basically what this but is. Other, another bonus for at least you and I for this episode is I had Chris Elliott in it. Yeah. And he, I, I don't remember the, the formation of it, but I remember, I know the character originally was played by Paul Rubens. Oh, and for no some shit. reason they, yeah, they, they changed actors to Chris Elliott, but there's some episode and I think I've seen it, but there's some episode where there's jealousy because Chris Elliott really likes Raymond, but can't stand the brother. What's the brother's name? Robert. Can't stand Robert, and it shows up a little bit in this episode. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't remember why he loves Raymond so much. I know no, he, that's, yeah. <laughs> he like owned a comic book store or something, right? And right, that's that was in the Paul Rubens episode, but I don't know if that that had still to do exists. With it. Yeah, when his brother is t- when the the role was changed, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, Amy's parents are like super ultra religious and don't approve of Robert. Um, don't approve of the wedding want her to move back home with them and uh <laughs> they show up on the day that um that marie and peter boyle i can't remember his character's name are coming over for brunch uh and hijinks ensue and yep. and the writing is really sharp too i think it's like yeah. it's that was another thing about it like it didn't really pull punches it did have the like there's a couple times in the episode where the audience goes oh but it wasn't really that that's not the kind of show it was no it wasn't feel good there was a lot of tension 
between everybody on the show always. Yeah. And I think even when they had feel good episodes and of everybody loves Raymond, they were earned and they weren't just stupid. Like yeah. maybe there's, yeah, I agree because, because he's a jackass to, uh, Deborah most Ooh. of the time. And um, she's a jackass to him. And she's a jackass time. to him. Everybody's a jackass <laughs> to everybody on this show. Um, I, I, we didn't watch it, but I remember an episode specifically that shows, and it's not a jackass in like, this doesn't exist in real life. It's just, this is how some people act. And uh, there's an episode where, I forget, there's somebody comes home from a trip and there's luggage on the on the stairway. And the oh, there's like... Yeah, it doesn't get moved for like... It doesn't get, yeah, it's like a cold war where neither of both of them are saying, I'm not going to move it because it's her job or it's his job. Right. And it's that kind of jackassery that this show has where it's not, it's not off-putting, but it's still there. No, and I think, like, I know a lot of people's complaints was, um, I hate the mother, Doris Roberts, so much, but yeah. I'm, I'm like, that's, that's just means she's a good actor. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're supposed to hate her. Yeah, but she always plays that role, so she's hard to like. She was, she's what ruined Remington Steele. That's true. She, she, I mean, that's her, that's her wheelhouse. That role, but I can't imagine Remington Steele. When I was a kid, I loved the show until they they absolutely ruined it. The second season by make bringing in Doris Roberts and making the romance angle like a, a important part of the show. A big thing, yeah. But I, I can't imagine the, the season that I'm talking about when I was a kid and I loved it is any good. I bet if I tried to watch it now, it would just be awful. No, I'm sure it is. Well, we'll have to do an episode on it. I was yeah. in love with Stephanie Zimbalist. I know that. Oh, that's the, the female lead? Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I thought... I mean, this episode was... It's not the best episode, but it's... No, it's funny. It's funny. If you, if you tune into it, you're going to laugh, especially at Peter Boyle putting yep. a muffin in his pocket. If you were to pick a favorite episode of this show, what would you pick? I don't know because I, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen them um, that, that uh, the one you mentioned about the suitcases on the staircase is pretty good because it is, it does like show the kind of dumbass domestic squabbles that yeah. couples get into. Um, <laughs> I don't know that it was. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't either. It's a solid I'd, show. I think that one was good, and I think the one where the I, I forget the actor's name, the comedian's name, but the the cousin of Ray Romano showed up, and everyone's like they 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 act so much alike, and Romano is so annoyed with the guy, and he's like, I don't act like that. Yeah. Oh, that was. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Are you really? Yeah, Fred Stoller. Like, are you personal, like, or just no, like, just Facebook friends? friends? I mean, oh, okay. No, um, I thought maybe you knew him somewhere. Or nope, we had just had mutual friends in common. So, um, he was—I remember him as a comedian, um, and I always remembered his one bit about like he—he uh, he didn't go to college, and his parents, or he dropped out of college, and his parents were super disappointed. And he was like, "Why? Why does it? Why is it so important to you that I finish college?" And they're like, "So." You can say you've been to college. You graduated college, and he's like, "Well, it's not like I can't say it. It's not like I'm going to start saying it and then say I smash you into college." I always thought that was hilarious. Anyway, yeah, no, that that's a great episode because um, he's like the perfect he's the perfect person to play Ray's cousin because um, he's got that that same kind of like hangdog yeah type yeah. way of talking and stuff. Yeah, that's a good episode. Um, 
but yeah, the the great Fred Willard um, and his wife, played by Georgia Engel, who is also perfect for this role because she always, I mean, since Mary Tyler Moore is what I knew her from mostly, I guess, mm-hmm. um, but she always seems so goody-goody that be, playing a religious nut is perfect for her. Yeah, but it, it's also a little bit off-putting because she's always so nice. Right, where here she's, she's kinda, very passive-aggressive. Sure. Yeah. yeah. She was in uh, the office with kind of a not a great. I mean, it was funny, but it was it was it was the season one of the weaker seasons of the office where it was a little more over the top. But it was still good to see her getting work. Wait, I didn't remember her on the office. So the late season where the 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 some members of the office go to Florida to work on a project when. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. And Ellie Kemper's character, what's her name? Whatever her name is, Aaron. Kelly. Aaron. Aaron decides to stay in Florida, and she stays with Georgia Engels in her house. Oh, yeah. I do vaguely so recall that. One of the good jokes is, and I think the problem with the Aaron character, much like we've complained about where they make her too stupid, but sometimes it's so funny when they make her. Anyway, one of the things she does is she brings uh, – she, she's there as a caretaker for Georgia Engels for help around the house, and she brings in uh, some hot Gatorade for her. She heated it up. <laughs> uh, well, this – this Raymond, I think um, the biggest laugh for me was Peter Boyle, of course, and mm-hmm. um, when because early on uh, the Ray's mother offers them muffins. Oh and, man, I'm sorry to interrupt. I had no idea George Engel died. Oh, I didn't either. I mean, Last not surprising, year. I guess, but she was only seventy. Like she was young for that cast. So wow. I'm a little surprised. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean. She always had the air of like an old woman just because she was so kind of mousy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think she seemed older than she was to me. Uh, well, early on, Ray's mother offers them uh, blueberry muffins and Fred Willard <laughs> declines because he said, and and Georgia Engel says, it's nothing personal. He's just never had them. And then <laughs> later, Peter Boyle <laughs> calls him a liar because he says everybody's had a muffin. <laughs> They re- it really is a shame that they gave Fred Willard nothing, nothing at all to do. Nothing at to that work point, with. I thought they were going to have him say, okay, I've had one muffin, like give a little bit of emotion, but it was always just a, this very flat, like there wasn't anything he could do with the ro- the lines he was given. It was no, just like, and maybe later uh, he got more, because I know it became more integral part of the, the show, um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe he got funnier and was given the opportunity. But yeah, this episode, he, he wasn't given much to do. Have uh, we ever done a, a, a show with Modern Family? I don't remember. Me neither. Maybe we could do that at some point. But anyway, he's. I think he's his the role he has in that is more, much better suited for his talents. Oh, yeah. Than, it's perfect. Than this. But it's kind of neat to see him. And I don't think I realized how old he was. I think yeah. When he died, I was like, he was really young. But it turned out he's in his 80s. Like, not really young, but like young to die. Yeah. Especially but when he, he like, got caught, like jacking oh, off in a theater like he was he was pretty old at that point just because yeah. i remember thinking dude do it at home you, you got porn on the computer why are you still right. going to one of these but uh, yeah because i think he worked with that that crew he was 86 when he died he worked with that like the christopher guest and those guys and yeah they, not that they're young but they weren't in their 80s i just didn't i didn't realize that the, they're almost a generation apart i mean yeah those guys, like uh, what's eugene levy can't be older than like oh, 65 no. right no yeah um, speaking of Eugene Levy. No, he's 73, but still a pretty significant difference in age. Damn, Go ahead, I'm surprised he's that old. Me too. Um, 
Did you finish Shit's Creek? No, I guess I should get back to that. Um, I watched the first season when it first came out, and then I never finished watching. Oh, yeah, you got to keep going. I, I mean, I think it improves as it goes along. Not that it was I, bad I, the first season, but... No, I, I just didn't... And I Catherine O'Hara is fucking hilarious on it, so... Um, oh, but speaking of Eugene Levy, uh, have you? do you watch Seth Meyers? It's like the only white man late-night talk show I watch anymore. Um, cause we Why do you it. say white man? Well, because they're all white men. I guess I, I just need to see late night talk show. That's what I'm saying. Um, well, no, there is Samantha B, and there's uh, the hers is not a late night talk show. The Daily Show guy. I guess that's not a late night talk show either. Anyway, um, he kills it all the time with the Trump stuff. But uh, he had um, Martin Short on the other night, and Martin Short's just like cracks me up on talk shows. Yeah, he's so fucking ridiculous. I, I mean I hear you I hear you and a lot of people like Seth Meyers but I really can't get into him. Really? Doesn't doesn't amuse me at all. Why? Don't know why. Have you watched any of his shows he's doing from home? Uh, I get I watched a bit, and this was okay. It was nothing. Oh, when he interviewed um, what's his name? Uh, what's his Paul Paul Shear. Oh it was yeah. Fine, but well, you got to watch his closer looks when he like rips uh, into yeah. Trump. I love it. Anyway, um. Because Trump is so difficult to make fun of. Well, but he does. He goes deep. He goes beyond the stupid jokes that all the other late night talk show hosts do, including Colbert. I feel like mm-hmm. they they all take very easy, cheap shots at him, um, where he like examines the shit in depth. Uh, anyway, it's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, this everybody loves Raymond. I sh- this is one I would watch if it was on. Uh, this show, but it's not really on anywhere. I don't think. No, and then we uh, we tried to watch it on this new Peacock. And why would it be on Peacock streaming and not CBS All Access? I don't because get that either. It has to be Universal w- produced it or something. That's oh, my well, guess. they're they're the company that made the show. I yeah, see. I, I mean, I'm not sure, but that makes sense to me. But... Yeah, yeah, because I don't think it was it definitely wasn't on NBC as it aired. But you're right; it's probably the whoever was the producer for the show. Speaking of Peacock, did you watch that 30 Rock thing? Oh, no. It was kind of terrible. What, there's like a new 30 Rock? Yeah, there was an episode. Oh, I didn't know it aired already. I knew it was coming. I didn't know it already came. Yeah, I mean, it was basically just a big ad for Peacock. It was kind of not (laughs) great. Are you sure that, but that's what they're, that's the thing they're talking about is the new 30 Rock. Is that what you watch? Is that something coming in the future? No, yeah, it was just a one episode thing. I think that's what. I'm pretty sure that's what they were talking about. It was a whole half hour thing, man. It was an hour, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- that just came out this week, then. Yeah, it was like Thursday. Okay. It was kind of disappointing. Um. Anyway. Was it filmed before the uh, quarantine, or was no? It, like it was of... during. They were all like on on Zoom calls and stuff. Yeah, those are. I don't think. I don't think they have that figured out how to do that correctly yet. Nope. If both 30 Rock and Parks and Rec did kind of a piss poor job. Not, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't great either. Yeah, it wasn't, no. And I know that a better job can be done. It's just that they don't. They haven't they figured have out how to write <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, Ben Schwartz killed it on that Parks and Rec thing, but otherwise, okay. yeah. Um, Yeah, no. It was, I mean, you can check it out, but I was... It was worse than the Parks and Rec one, for sure. Um, 
the Parks and Rec one, I I definitely graded on a curve because it didn't feel like like it sounds like this seems like it's a uh, a money grab the Thirty Rock thing like it's not a money grab a just a, a chance a promotional to advertise tool the yeah yeah but with the Thirty Rock the Parks and Rec one I I I've sincerely felt like it was like these guys were like this sucks for everybody let's do something fun to help us and maybe people will enjoy it yeah I agree so there's a like there's a sincerity and a sincerity to it that it already sounds like this 30 rock is lacking. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was not good. Um, speaking of parks and rec, um, did you see what Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott are doing now? Yeah. I thought you might be happy about that. Cause you love red hot chili peppers. Oh my God. The worst band in the world. I, I even tweeted at him and I never used Twitter, but I was like, dude, are you guys making fun of them? Because there's so many great bands you could do. Maybe you could have picked a less rapey band to talk about. How are they rapey? Are they really rapey? Oh yeah, I'm I'm friends with a a uh, woman who used to work for a, a record company, and they like assaulted her. And yeah. Oh God, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, they're so... gross human beings, man. But uh, yeah, anyway, I I I'm not gonna listen to it because I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers, even though I love Adam and Scott. Um, wait till they do something good. I actually did think it was a joke when I first saw it because it's not really. I don't know. I it's, didn't think they'd like them like they like the other fans. Yeah, it's not in line with REM and U2 at all. Because the, I mean, do they even still make music? Not that REM or U2, well, U2 does. Does, does. But I'm just curious: Does Red Hot Chili Peppers still make music? I mean, I get. I would assume they got to do something. But oh yeah, I, I they think, do because I remember reading a thing that like their original guitarist came back or some shit. I just didn't. I I'm not a fan of theirs, and I never really was. I just didn't think that they had the kind of catalog that would make it so a show like this would be interesting. But maybe those guys really like their their albums, and that's what they're doing. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. It's too bad he got like Prince out there. He got XTC. A lot of bands you could do. Yeah, anyway. but these are bands that they like. I know, but it's it's disappointing <laughs> to me. Uh, don't meet your I heroes. Actually, I actually have to go back and listen to all the everything actually in both of those series. I've only listened to like two or three episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you not listen to podcasts when you're at home working? No, no. I just listen. I just ne- never listen to. Oh, I don't listen to them when I'm working, but I just never listen to those. I just had other things I listened to. Like I I listened to. Uh, comedy bang bang religiously i listen to the bonanza podcast for bonanza the office ladies but yeah i just never i never caught up on that on that one and they're so long so yeah yeah always felt a little bit daunting compared to other shows that i enjoy (laughs) um all right well i guess we're done Um, recommendations asians 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 yeah do you want to go i have two okay if i want to waste one but i might as well uh, both movies streaming online that are new. I know one of them, I bet. Uh, one of them is on Hulu. Yeah. Do you still know it? Yep. Palm Springs. Yeah. yeah. Ah, so, that was going to be mine. So, well, I should have, do you want that to be yours? And I'll just nah, do one. go ahead. It's really funny. Really, it's a Groundhog Day-esque story, but I think it was done in, not better, but it done, like, you know, a lot of those stories are out, and I think this one really advanced the story in fun, different ways, but also really, really funny. Uh, um, Andy Samberg's good in it. I forget her name, but the Kristen woman. Kristen Millian. Millioni, Millian. She's yeah. from, know her from Fargo, and she was the 
both in Fargo and in How I Met Your Mother, she played someone who died. Spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, uh, great, great movie. Oh, Miliotti, Miliotti, Miliotti. Yeah. There's a, a guy who's really funny in it. I don't know his the actor's name. He's he plays one of the groomsmen, and he always had funny lines. And he also is has a few bit roles in that. Uh, uh, what's his name? It's the the skits show on Netflix that I'm always telling people to watch. Uh, oh yeah. Leave. Uh, anyway, he has one bit in there where he's just like, "I fear for myself. I want him out of here," and it's made me laugh so hard. Anyway, so unlike when I recommended and really still recommend the wrong Missy, this is actually a good movie. I think people will like this genuinely. I think this is a genuinely good movie. Well, and let's not forget J.K. Simmons. Yeah, and he's great <laughs> in it. He's he's very good in it. Yeah, and Andy Samberg, um, who I really found mostly annoying on Saturday Night Live has like grown into somebody I really like. Yeah. Oh, well, I've only seen this in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I Same. don't know what else. The, the, there's that, that Pop Idol movie. Oh, oh I no, saw that. Bat- was that good? It was It was dumb fun, yeah. Okay. But the what really, was really good was that Bash Brothers he did where he played Jose Canseco, the Netflix. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I didn't see that. Oh, it's worth watching. It's so funny. But anyway, uh, that was good. And the other one is a Netflix movie called The Old Guard based on the comic book. It's actually better than the comic book. It's about uh, a group oh, yeah, of people. Oh, yeah, Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. She stars in uh, Immortal People. And it's, it's you know, there's lots of lots of violence and an interesting story. So I liked it. All right. Well, I guess I'll do kind of a, like, half-hearted recommendation because I'm just waiting to see how it where it goes for the Perry Mason no, I've enjoyed that. Yeah, I have too, but you know, it's I could well acted and I just it took me two or three episodes to get used to the fact that this is a different Perry Mason. It's not it's like a prequel. Right. And I think like what a lot of people are saying is why does it have to be Perry Mason? You could have made this a yep. like a Sam Spade or Yep. Or like there's no reason that it has to be Perry Mason. It's not like Perry Mason is this huge property that everybody is like excited about. It's just weird that it's Perry Mason because it's basically a noir. Right. But it, it's not, it's, it, I mean, it's doing some of the Perry Mason shit, but not most of it. And it's taking characters like Perry Mason's there and Della streets there. And, um, uh, what's his name? Frank Drake, Frank, something Drake, Paul Drake, Paul. So characters are there and I would love there to be future seasons where he plays the lawyer and it's more typical Perry Mason, but what they're doing is, is neat. And it's gone in much different ways than I expected. Like I did not, ex- I was really, I I thought that the, what's her name from uh, Orphan Black? Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, thought her her character was going to be like this evil person behind. Not me too. Yeah. Anything. And it didn't it didn't turn out in the like the um the design of the show is great. So yeah, I I would recommend this your recommendation. Yeah, Tatiana Maslany. There you go. Uh, She's good in it, and it's great to see her get roles. I just wanted her to see her and everything because she's always so good. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. We're done with recommendations. Um, oh, a throwback to our previous episode. I went back and played Maniac Mansion, and it was just as much fun. Was it? Could you? Were you able to get through it after watching that walkthrough? I didn't watch the walkthrough. I kind of remembered how I played as a kid. I think I had to look one thing up because I was pressing on the long, wrong pixel. Other than that, it was pretty easy and very fun. All right. Um, oh, I, by the way, for people who are still listening and listen to that episode and would like to play it, it is available for free online if you do a search for Manic Mansion Deluxe. 
Yeah, and you can buy the uh, sequel for like PlayStation Four, I think the tentacle oh, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, if you buy Day of the Tentacle, you can get it for PlayStation Four and play the original inside the sequel as an Easter egg. All right, nerds, there you go. You're welcome. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. Pat will tell you everything else you need to do. Rate us on highly on iTunes and write us a quirky review. Add us on Facebook. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Mm-hmm. They got nothing else to do except cry. Um, and this will help them cry. So, until next time, we bid you adieu, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>